the Everyman Podcast. Podcast. Mm, there it is. Another week, another pod. Another week, another pod. Here we go. Big bro, Daryl Campbell, DC. What's up, bro? Brother Jay, I'm doing good, man. I'm with my brother Jay. I'm loving life right now, man. That's We're right. in the Cosmic Canoe one more again. We're in the Cosmic Canoe. What could go wrong? We're connected up. We're having a good time. And, you know, this week, last last couple weeks, it's uh, just been uh, the big dog and I cutting it up. And uh, this week, we've got uh, returning champion of the Everyman podcast, the voice of the Everyman podcast, oh, yeah. the one and only Enrique Josephs. Um, yes. A lot of fun. This time, you know, the first episode, episode 85 in the archives, we kind of talked about his origin story, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. kind of how he got into the biz, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This one, you know, we assume you've heard that, and we talk a little bit about voice acting and voiceovers, um, but really, we just kind of connected and, and talked about what movies we've been enjoying lately, yeah, and dude. the movie like- industry, and just had a good, good, good old-fashioned chit-chat. Yeah, bona fide kick it, kick it session. That's it was, right. It's pretty cool. And, pretty cool. Uh, you know, like I said, man, whenever we get a chance to connect, we're on, we're on to something. Yeah. And this is no different. And, uh, you know, again, piggybacking on our episode last week, we hope everybody's having the best time that they can, you know, being safe, keeping your head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of making good, making good, sound, safe decisions for, for you and yours. Um, that's what we want for everybody. Just sit tight. You know, hang tight. See what happens. Keep that, keep that joy level high. Well, every yeah. man and every well, woman patrons. And, and that's and that's what people are here for. That's what the, the good every man and the good every woman are here for. And uh, we, we will deliver it, of course, with our brother, Enrique Josephs. I think we should hit it. Let's do it. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is one of our favorite guests uh, of all time. Somebody we connect with, you know, not only on the show but outside of that as well. Um, voice, the official voice of the Everyman. You've definitely heard his voice in a bunch of different things. We're going to talk about today. Uh, returning to the Everyman Podcast in the Cosmic Canoe with us today, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Enrique Josephs. EJ, what is up, my bro? Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's my man, to be back. Good to have you back, boy. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to dive back in the cosmic canoe with the two of you guys. So that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Happy to be here. And if you, if, you, if you guys are you know wondering who who is this uh, the, these velvety golden tones that are coming out of my speakers and my AirPods right now, um, <laughs> check out episode eighty five uh, of the Everyman Podcast. It's one of our first YouTube episodes, and um, it's uh, it's a great background into you know what e- how EJ got to where he is professionally and and kind of his origin story. So you know if you're like what is what is all this you know so pause this episode, go back to that one, learn you know catch up on, on that story. And um, so EJ, what have you been up to lately, man? What's going on? Uh, been obviously still using my voice uh, <laughs> to uh, promote uh, brands and things of that nature. Uh, since the last time I talked to you guys, I'm working with some news stations, so I'm the voice of a few television news stations now. Sweet. Uh, one in Detroit, one in St. Louis. Um, so that's been interesting. 
Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the zone, the oh, yeah. uh, streaming boxing service. I'm the voice of the zone. Um, I have been for the last couple of years, but I've seen with those, COVID, those commercials for Canelo and I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's like Canelo. funny. You know, my, my fiance was like, actually, I think the first time you were on, when I went upstairs, she was watching like Cora legends of Cora. And I was like, my man. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm just like that's uh, it's EJ. Yeah. You know, there he is. Yeah, I I did some Legends of Chorus stuff. Uh, I uh, did the Zone for Canelo, Anthony Joshua. Um, so that's been exciting. And then I got a couple projects that I'm currently working on. Um, and then I'm doing some stuff on the side. So I'm actually working with a buddy of mine who's a videographer. Mm. Uh, he does music videos for rappers, right? Ah. Uh. Um, Local guys from Westchester, he's toured with, like, Tory Lanez, Meek Mill, ASAP Ferg, um, Amine, Buddy, and he's doing a pivot um, to come up with a more uh, financially sustainable form of income. I, 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 I hear him 100%. I think it's a great idea. And what he pivoted to was creating bedtime stories. And what? That has mindful meditation in it as well, which is really cool. Um, so before, you know, pre-pandemic, um, teachers were using it in their classrooms and oddly enough, he was using his mom and still is using his mom to do all the voiceover work for it and stuff. Um, and then he was like, yo, we got to figure out a way we can work together, do something. It's like low impact, not a lot of work, but you know, can, can come up with extra revenue and stuff. So we actually created a podcast that we've just been working on for like six months. Haven't even advertised it or anything like that. And just been doing superhero story bedtime stories. Uh, hmm. So, you know, all different types from Fortnite to the Avengers to, uh, uh, you know, Spider-Man, you name it. It's been, it's been uh, the Justice League. So a lot of different stories for kids to just listen to, kind of get engulfed in with the, you know, the superhero world. While also doing some mindful meditation to kind of just, you know, our kids are high strung these days, uh, understandably. So like everybody's yeah. giving them away in a nice outlet. Yeah. To just relax. Wow. Is it your voice or are you you writing them or producing? So I'm just voicing the uh, the superhero stories. So he has a writer on staff that is coming up with all these different stories. Uh, so I'm currently working on like X-Men, Wolverine one. There's a Black Panther one. Some are short, some are long. Um, and we had toyed with doing some different ideas, like scary stories. But they weren't really like scary stories. So we were like, all right, let's pivot. And we came up with the superhero stories. Um, and I think it's a great idea. So we're just, you know, we're slowly punching away at that, just building up a, a catalog. And it's been pretty sweet so far. It's, it's different from what I normally do. Um, and I think that's what makes it so interesting for me. Uh, but it's been, it's been, it's been fun so far. Nice. Is that, is that released now or is that coming out? Soon? Yeah. You can actually go on uh, anywhere you get podcasts. It's called superhero stories with EJ. It's pretty simple. Wow. <laughs> um, well, you know, the link, no link for that will be in the show notes yeah, in, in the yeah, YouTube so if, uh, if comments you or anything. And if you want, you know, if they need something to listen to at night, trying to go to bed, sultry sounds about, you know, superheroes doing good deeds and good tasks. So and I, I, and I, I might fire it up for myself through it. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. No, it should be good. It should be good. I put myself to sleep doing it. So it's not bad. <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. so cool that you, you're doing something fun, you know, and creative and also uh, helpful. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the goal, right? Give yeah. back to the kids, man. That's it. Every yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you, how did you kind of find your way into that? Did, did you just, like, were you looking for new opportunities to do stuff in general? Like, on that, because that's a little bit more 
branched out than you have been focused on? For sure. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I would say that my, my voiceover business is going well. You know, there's nothing. It's, it's actually been growing, so it's been great. Um, I think the the creative in me just wanted to do more, you know. Mm. Um, as DC knows, you know, there was a point in time when voiceover work for me was part-time. You know, it was like, it was my passion and kind of like my hobby that I was able to turn into my business, you know. So I wanted to find something else that I could kind of do creatively um, to, I don't know, just, just keep my mind, you know, in that creative state. Because I feel like when you stop creating, even though I, I create on a regular basis, you know, doing voiceover work, I feel like creating and artistry are kind of, they're the same, but there's also differences as well, right? So I do a lot of, I have a lot of artistry in the voiceover work that I do, but I don't think I'm actually like creating a product. I'm adding to a product, you know, uh, to, to a finished product. So um, I've also kind of worked uh, as a... Um, Directory, director of photography for a short film um, that I went and shot back in October. That's uh, It's in post-production currently right now. I was also the assistant director. So, you know, um, still out trying to use my, you know, video skills, uh, you know, my, oh, yeah. my, my videography skills. Um, just wow. trying to make sure I keep my skills sharp. Um, so that's really kind of just what I've been up to. And uh, what's that film called? I see called? a lot more video work, but it's been fun. What's the film called? The film is called A Day in Paradise. As a matter of fact, uh, I linked up with a guy that used to work at NFL Films as well. He's currently working at ESPN. Uh, his name is uh, Jean-Michel Fisher. Uh, yeah, my guy, yeah, Fish. Fish. Yeah, you know Fish. And uh, Fish and I actually just talked to him today. And uh, we went up to Connecticut back in October, shot the film. It was great. We spent a whole weekend up there. Um, really interesting concept. It's kind of about um, two uh, African-Americans, a male and a female, kind of escaping um, the horrors of the black experience in America and almost like transcending into paradise for a day. And the paradise, which they don't realize, is kind of like a loop, right? So the day kind of starts, and as the day is kind of going and as the day comes to an end, they're actually resetting the day every day. But they don't realize that when they wake up that it's a reset. So it's a really interesting concept. Um, it's just to kind of put an ease of mind on kind of what's happening today kind of thing. Um, you know, so it was really interesting. I was glad that he asked me to jump on it. Um, you know, and he had a writer for it that, uh, you know, meeting him was great and, you know, just being able to be creative and do something different and kind of hop out the comfort zone and be out in the elements. So really good time, really fun shoot. And, uh, you know, the project is almost done. Wow, and, and where's that going to release? Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, he's going to release it probably on his social. I, he he says he wants to uh, submit it to a couple of film festivals. Um, you know, probably put it on YouTube. So please be on the lookout for that. It's called A Day in Paradise, and uh, I also did the voiceover casting for it. I was able to find another female. We needed a voice of God type thing. So, you know, I got to do some casting work, which is pretty sweet, and that's good for my business, you know, because then I can, if I need to cast something in the future, you know, it was a learning experience for me too. You know, going out, sending out the audition, and working with the talent and things of that nature. So it was, it was super dope, super great process. Are you saying you never stop learning, man? Did I catch yeah. you right? You said you, you, you voiced God in this film, or you hired the girl, the female? So I hired, I casted the girl to be the voice of God. Oh, okay. But I also voiced it with her. 
So it's like, because God, like, you know, is God a man? Is God a woman? Oh, I got you. you know it's like I mean? a composite thing, too. So yeah. we had a man, woman, and I and I mixed the voices together so that it, it sounds omnipresent. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but I have this kind of funny anecdote about uh, people that, like, play, like, Jesus in a mm-hmm. church play. And uh, my, my father was a pastor and, uh, you know, some 25 years in various churches, associate pastor, music this youth pastor he's been all over the church and um you come across a lot of the same kind of when you when you travel through different types of churches you know and um there's one individual that that played jesus once in a play and it like got into his head you know and he like kept up with it for a while, you know, like after the play, yeah, like, you know, and it's like it's one of those things. Now. It's like one of those things, like might be like playing the Joker, like you just that's one role you just don't want to, you know, yeah. want to go down that road. So I'm glad you, you pulled. I'm glad you uh, handled it like the professional that you are. Oh yeah, no, in and out. Uh, I'm not playing around on God's time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Smash and grab job. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, I'm not messing. With. <laughs> I'm messing with the man upstairs. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah. You got to be careful, you know. Oh yeah, oh that's, yeah. That's but awesome. you know, it was nice because we were able to kind of derive uh, some of the some of the writing. It's kind of rooted in in biblical text, so you know, and some of the ideas that actually come straight out of the Bible. So it really was kind of like just taking the material that's already there and just adding adding voice to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we try to do it in a way that it was pretty good tasteful. source material. Yeah, I mean, probably the best, um, <laughs> <laughs> all things considered. Um, but just, just you know, I, and I think that at first, um, I didn't really expect to have that much of a creative role in the project. Um, and and he kind of asked me to take on more responsibility, and I said, you know, why not? I mean, it's it's good. I you know, I I, I did this. I, I used to do this all the time. Um, you know, did a lot of shorts. I've I've worked with him in, on shorts before. Um, and he was fun to work with. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was a great, it was a great process and it was fun, a whole lot of fun. Dude, well, that's pretty sweet, man. It really yeah. is. Well, we know from, you know, friend of the show, former guest, uh, every man, Rob Nichols and his company, 360 digital studios, like they, the access to quality filmmaking now, like you don't have to be in Hollywood to make a Hollywood caliber film. And uh, especially with, you know, you start, because it's the little things, you know, that was to go to kind of piggyback on the, our previous conversation. Like when we connected and, and did that work with the trailer, that was like this little, little like thing, an idea that took it from a good piece of content to like, whoa, now that's memorable. You know, that like, yeah. and it's, yeah. and it's like the cherry on top. And, uh, you, it's just, that's what's special about what you bring to any things so it's not surprising to see you get involved in something and then kind of just you know bleed over into other areas of it yeah no and i i uh you know i appreciate that i think that um you know being in college for you know broadcast and communications and film it really kind of just got me wanting to work in the production side of media and entertainment and that's, you know, that's essentially where I started, you know, coming out of college, I started teaching video production. Um, you know, then I started at my church. Um, you know, I did the live broadcasts and the way that everything is set up in my church, I designed it from the ground up. And then 
I went to NFL films, worked in post-production. So before I even did, you know, my voice, you know, got my voiceover career going, I, I was doing all the, all of the production stuff, um, and working in creative environments. Um, and you know, when I do VO, I, I get to have a ton of fun cause I can, I can be whoever I want. You know what I mean? And there's, there's nothing more, more fun than that, but it's like the, as far as actually creation of the project, I'm more like on the back end of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm seeing it once it's pretty much done and then the script is done and, you're kind of um, confined yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. You yeah. can't like I mean, have I, a horror film job and do it like it's a romantic comedy just cause you want yeah, to. Exactly. Exactly. So, and not that I, and I don't care, you know, it doesn't bother me that I don't have that kind of control, but it's like, you know, why, why not step outside of my comfort zone and just do something different and, and see how it goes and, um, and, and just be a part of the process. Brother Jay, I gotta, I gotta talk about this because we, we always talk about how cool it is to, and we're, I know we're going to branch into this being prepared and stuff like that for new opportunities. But the biggest thing I'm hearing here, EJ, like you're getting back to filmography, you're getting back to production, you're getting back to where you started being producer here at NFL films. Brother Jay, we talk about it all the time. The learning never stops, man. Like how cool is it to just branch out, right? Get, get closer to your roots from where you started we all know that your talent is in your voice, but to get back to production, to starting to learn new things and talk about that. How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, if you don't, uh, if you have a sword and you don't sharpen it, the sword becomes dull. You know what I mean? Uh, the blade, the blade is dull. You have to keep your skills sharp. Um, you know, that's something my dad used to always tell me, keep, keep active, keep doing it. Um, even with, even with voiceovers, I, you know, I just did a workshop two weekends ago. I still have, you know, two coaches that I work with, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like there's a lot that I have accomplished, obviously, you know, and, and, in a, in a very short and young career so far, but there's also so much I need to learn so much. I'm trying to accomplish, you know, more than what I already have. Um, not that I will ever forget where I came from or anything like that, but I mean, I feel like when you're trying to like work on your craft and your skills, like, you know, you, you want to master those things, but mastery can take, you know, your entire life. Right. You know, that's not something that, you know, you gotta be in it for, the, right. for the long haul. Yeah. I'm not going to be like at 35, like, all right, master gold plated status. Can't tell me nothing, you know? <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to be like that. Um, Cause you know, especially like in voiceovers, like it is changing. When I came in as a full-time VO three and a half years ago, the industry was in this like colossal shift. And the shift was kind of going from the, overly like announcer sound like take um like scott graham right scott graham is a longtime voice at nfl films um but in today's world scott graham wouldn't really book like a commercial or a conversational read because that's just not the type of you know read that he brings you know so even when i came into the voiceover game professionally i had to be taught that you know the way that i think about voiceovers needs to change and change right now you know, or I'm going to be behind. So, you know, I have to kind of keep up with how the industry is shifting, how it's changing, um, what the expectations are. Um, and that's another big reason why I, you know, I still coach and train and do workshops and meet up with colleagues as much as I can and talk to colleagues. So it's a ever changing, uh, ongoing learning experience and it always should be. Well, and you want to be, you know, you want to find that fine middle ground between reaching out too much to try and to something too crazy um, and being 
you know, contemporary and what, what's, what's expected. You know, you yeah. mentioned, um, we've talked about kind of some of the jobs you've, you've done and I saw an ad for a tenant still haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet. We'll, we'll get to that. I just saw it two weeks ago. We could talk about that in a little bit though. Yeah. You have to nice. tell me about it. I have no idea what it's about, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I heard the voiceover and I was just thinking like, ah, I mean, cause I remember what you, the story you told about, like how you just had said it slightly differently. You put it just a slightly different twist on it. And I'm like, no, nah, we're going with this guy, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. it's like, oh, if you kind of got to have those experiences along the way so that, you know, Oh, okay. There's another way I could go there, you know, or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's okay to take a little bit further. Like maybe, maybe somebody goes with a bolder, you know, or, or a different take than you would. And you'd be like, Oh, I might try something like that next time. Not like yeah. that, but like I might try something that I was worried was too much because clearly this is very – because when I heard that, I was like, that's pretty fucking over the top. You know, that's – Well, you no, know, it's funny that you bring that up actually because uh, the guy that did the Tenant trailer, uh, very good friend of mine, uh, his name is Gabe. Uh, no, I'm not saying it bad by any means. Oh, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. But what uh, – as a matter of fact, I just talked to him today. And usually when we talk over the phone, um, we usually talk about, uh, you know, what we audition for. Cause normally it's like, it's like nine times out of 10, we're auditioning for the same stuff and we're competing against each other for the same stuff. And a lot of times I book something that like he really wanted. And a lot of times he books stuff that I really wanted, you know, like, so for instance, he's one of the voices of Disney plus. And I was like, I was, you know, one of my, I have a guy that I know a guy that works at Disney plus he reached out to me and was like, yo, I want to get you on here, but it didn't work out. They picked Gabe. Uh, but then, you know, I ended up becoming a voice of the MTV video music awards and Gabe really wanted, you know, so it's like, we're always kind of neck and neck with each other. Um, and it's great competition, but we also will talk about, you know, all right, he got this job for Fox and I auditioned for it too. And I was like, yo, send me your audition. I want to hear what they liked over what I did and our reads were like very similar very 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 similar he just he just read it in a much different way and when I listened to it I was like "Ah, yeah that did sound better than mine you know so we actually compare what we're doing when we compete against each other and we can almost see what's working what didn't work you know why they chose this why they chose that and for us it's like okay like we're definitely in the right zone right but it's just like it's the smallest details that make the biggest difference and that's why it's so important to like know your sound know what you bring and then bring it you know so uh it's an interesting dynamic between he and i where we actually compare our auditions and stuff and well, uh, you know we're also super tight it, and yeah. that helps but there's also i would imagine you know at, at your level there's probably quite a lot of projects flying around you know there's every time i turn around there's five new netflix series so you know yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you see that uh you know netflix is going to drop 70 movies in 2021 a I'll, new yeah. movie each week i'll probably watch eight yeah. of them and <laughs> three of them i'll be able to remember you know it's it's uh that's a I don't know. Content, I, mean, man. I got a theory. Yeah, I got a theory a about this. You tell it's me. You tell me if I'm if I'm off here. But I've no, I started noticing this with some of their more recent big name movies, uh-huh. like the one with uh, Ben Affleck and all the guys. It was it was kind of marketed as like this epic jungle yeah. gunfight. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And then you you sit there and you watch it and you're like, there's a certain amount of time that's I think that's predetermined based on watching habits because they know. They have all this data about us, 
And I've seen articles of their president talking about how they use algorithms to tell showrunners like, hey, you know, you got to do something like this at this point. Otherwise, this is when people tune out. And they're like, yeah, whatever, up your ass. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 you got to show somebody's boobs at 22 minutes in or you're toast. And, you know, they start doing that and it works. So part of me thinks there's like a perfect moment that you they know you won't turn it off. So at that point, that's when all you know, care goes away in the production. Cause like some of these movies are so like, uh, what happens like the last two thirds yeah. of the movie, you know, you're yeah. like, what am, what am I watching this? Well, the other you thing is like they're formulaic. Uh, not that they're formulaic. It's like that they worry about a f- really good opening first act. Yeah. Gotcha. And then the, Sometimes because I feel like the writing falls flat, right? You know it's like I mean? they only yeah. paid for a third of the movie and they just yeah. let them do whatever for the rest of it to be, to cut costs because they can't be spending, I mean, they can't be spending $200 million every time Will Smith wants to make a movie forever, you know? Yeah, or or, yeah. or they could cut back on how many, like, important scenes they show in trailers. That's true. They you give know? a the whole thing the, away you now. go into the movie with expectations, right, about, and that's pretty, mu- pretty much what you're saying. You're coming into the movie with these expectations, and you're like, all right, this is about to be, this is about to be lit, you know? And, and then you watch it, and you're like... All right. Now I will say, Extraction that came out last summer. I like that was one. Pretty good. When that he fist fights, good. when he fist fights those oh, that that gang awesome. of boys. Come on. No, 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 no. That was awesome. That, that was, was sweet. Awesome. Extraction that was came out. Sweet. I, was, I was like, okay, this this was this is the summer blockbuster we didn't know that we wanted. And before I, mean? I forget, on the topic of Chris Hemsworth, he is currently training to be Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay, in the officially licensed Hulk Hogan film. And I guess, I guess rumor rumor has film, it because Bradley Cooper is an executive producer on it, and he's been closely involved with it. And like he was at the the WrestleMania in Dallas that I was at. Shout out to uh, Big Mike, and uh, he was there shadowing Vince McMahon. The the word is young Bradley Cooper playing Vince McMahon. Wow! How tight wow. would that be? Dang! Wow! Just give him all the awards right I mean, now. I don't even care how good it is. I'll watch it. Dang. I feel like... Take the day off of I work. I feel like it's like too soon to do like a a Hulk Hogan biopic, but I guess it's not either. You know what I mean? Like, like I want to see... Like, I would love to see... Because like, you can have an old Hulk... You can... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Like, I see the mask in the back, and like I'm like, yo, like... Ray, like Ray I got Mysterio, that bad like, boy in San Diego. You know that? So, my, wow. my lovely fiance and I actually... This time last year, we were in California, right before this old pandemic started. And uh, we had a few, uh, you know, drunken nights in San Diego. And, uh, of course, we had Ubers and stuff. We're, you know, we're not doing anything stupid, folks. And uh, we, we went to we went to like San Diego's, like, old town or whatever it's called. Like, it's like old San Diego. And we're walking around this little market square and I see like this wall of masks and I was like, oh, I got to get in there right now. And I, I, dude, I could not decide, you know, like I, I had like five different masks. I ultimately settled on the Steelers colored one. And Daryl, I'm pretty sure at like two o'clock in the morning in California, I sent you a picture of me mm-hmm. <laughs> in, mm-hmm. uh, in my camo Adidas jacket with the mask on. I was, I was outside the, the hotel uh, I was uh, being a hype ninja, so mm-hmm. yeah, man. I'm a. Uh, that's an authentic. I realized I was like, I'll regret it for the rest of my life if I don't get an authentic Rey Mysterio mask. 
Yeah. That thing is nice. That thing is Thank sweet. Thank you. Hell yeah. Is this yeah. sitting on top of a sword? Or it's a, a guitar. guitar. That's a guitar. Uh, you know what? It looks like, kind of, it it kind looks looks like, like the a, Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. like the hilt from here. I mean, maybe I should get a sword up there. Thank you. Uh, I think you might be onto something. Yeah, that'd you know? be kind of sweet. A little bit of medieval weaponry. Um, yeah. Any any movies you've uh, seen lately that are that are interesting to you? I've been watching. I've been like watching. We started watching My Name Is Earl again. Um, I've I only watched like the first season of that way back in the day. Good show so far. Funny. Yeah, I I Good used time. to watch. I watched a little bit of My Name Is Earl back in the day. I don't know if I ever finished the show. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know that I'll finish it either. But for, yeah, so far yeah. so good. <laughs> Um, this might be the point watch. where I originally tuned out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually, and you know, I've always wanted to see this movie, and I never watched it, and I don't know why. Um, but I just watched Catch Me If You Can. Oh, with dude. Tom Hanks oh. and Leo oh. DiCaprio. Leo. And I'm just like, how did I never watch this? And it, it was, I mean, I love Christopher Walken. Of course. You know, Chris, Christopher Walken, you know, that's my guy. Um, Amy Adams was in it. Um you know, Jennifer Gardner was in it. Uh, really, I mean, just it was nice to see Leo, a younger Leo, um, and a really and a really interesting role. You know, um, and I just thought it was just a good movie. Um, yeah. It was just a really good film. And uh, but some of the newer films that I saw, I just recently saw Sylvie's Love. Um, Sylvie's Love is on Amazon Prime. It stars Tessa Thompson and Namdi Asamoa, yeah. uh, former oh. Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, um, Namdi. Yeah. Yeah, it's he a, got it's he got a, himself paid. Yeah, I, I mean it's actually not a bad film. It's he's a uh, saxophonist, jazz saxophonist, and falls in love with this girl, and it's just one of those love stories where the uh, it, it, everything kind of just happens at the wrong time. You know, it's just it's one of them kind of films. It was, it, I thought it was really good, and then I also saw One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami was good. Um, was it dope? It's, I want to yeah, see it was, that. It was pretty dope. What's that? Uh, one Night in Miami. It's Malcolm X, Jim Brown. Sam Cooke, oh, and yeah, Muhammad yeah. Ali, all hanging out one night in Miami. Um, what? After, and this was still he was still Cassius Clay, and he just won the, like the world heavyweight champion uh, title title belt. And they're all hanging out in Miami, and it, it was just there was, it was a lot of depth, a lot of depth to the characters, and um, they cover a lot of things that uh, although that was like 1963, it's obviously very prevalent today. So really good film, really good writing. It was directed by Regina King. Um, and it's based off of a screenplay. Uh, that was definitely one of the better movies I've seen in a little bit. So, wow, really good. I'll have to really check good. that one out. Yeah, yeah. I've been just watching like you know, Steven Seagal, Commander in Chief. You know, every movie. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with watching some close quarter action with Steven Seagal in a bathroom stall. All right, and he's just going in. <laughs> <laughs> His new. <laughs> I really like breaking down like kind of his eras, like when he was like an A-lister for like a good eighteen months, and his quality there versus like you know, but hey, well Steven Seagal, I'll watch it that era. Yeah. To mm-hmm. then like to then where when he was like the sheriff that era, um, I think he's still technically a sheriff, and he was involved in some chicken pet chicken accidental death uh, with when he was the sheriff or whatever allegedly. So, but now in all his films. That he like he has like these two production companies he owns that he just alternates. It's like Steamroller Pictures, and then there's this other I forget the other one. But anyway, he's always just pissed off the whole time, and like all his characters are always like, "Yeah, well, I told you to do that like that." 
You know, like it's that's like his one speed. He's like just mm. he's like settled into that is like I think his final yeah. role. You know, yeah. Is he's just gonna ride yeah. that out in the sunset, and I, I'm still gonna turn in every time. Kind of like like Nicholas Cage isn't there yet, and I love Nick Cage, but um, sometimes he gets into that mode where it's like, oh, I remember this Nick Cage. He was in yeah, he was in Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Nick Cage definitely has a he has a like a hole that he kind of slides himself into in every film and it always comes out and it's classic Nick Cage. You know, he'll start like kind of like he does this little snap. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. He'll start oh, I know exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, and he starts going crazy and he's like, you know, like the meltdowns and it's like and and I always and I always want to know like before they shoot that scene, does the director come up to him and he's like, I imagine him standing there, he's like with a cigarette and he's like reading the script, you know, and he's like, Nick, now for this meltdown, I want you to go, you know, not so much raising Arizona or, or you know, national treasure, but like, you know, just really maybe like a nine out of 10, you know? Oh, oh, I got you. No problem. And then it's like Mandy, you know? And then he, then he does the, yeah, the meltdown yeah. and Mandy, like, perfect. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one well, we were looking for. They're going up to him and they're putting their hands on his shoulder and they go, "Nick, yeah, let's be you, yeah, okay. family man. We're looking for family man you. here, you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, he had a, you, you take the scene from uh, the Wicker Man. Oh my and, God, that's perfect. Oh my God, uh, that's I mean, not. But I don't even think that's his peak, though. I think he's no, got more to give. I don't think give. so either. But that's like that's a prime example. That's most. That's most of, of meltdown. That's yeah, most of Hollywood's yeah. limit. Exactly. For good reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's he's got that little extra that just makes you wonder, you know. That's why we yeah. love him. Yeah, no, I look, I love Nicholas Cage. Gone in sixty seconds is still one of my favorites. Bro, National The Treasure. Rock, The Rock, are you yeah. serious? Oh yeah, please, classic. Welcome to The classic. Rock. Rest in peace, yeah, Sean Connery. Well, oh, The Rock. Oh, with uh, Sean Connery, classic. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I grew up a huge, 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 huge James Bond fan. Um, you know, uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service, one of my favorite. Bond films of all time. Nick Cage Bond would make a great, great Bond villain. I don't know. He I might be know. too. He might be too. Too. That comic. might be a little too much. I think. I actually think. I would love to see Idris Elba as James Bond, but I would also really. They were like talking to see about Tom that for Hiddleston. a long time. Yeah. Well, Tom, I think Tom Hiddleston would be perfect. Tom Hiddleston mm. is the guy that plays Loki in uh, Thor and the Avengers and the Marvel universe. I've I think got he'd a, be good. I've got an unpopular opinion. I really am not a fan of these latest bond movies i'm a pierce brosnan guy like Uh, i just it's too i don't i think it's like this like james bond was james bond it was this special thing and then like all of hollywood started to follow these action trends you know like the born supremacy and the matrix like i think it really started with the matrix and then it kind of went from there to now where you have like john wick where now every fight, every fight yeah, scene in, in every movie, yeah, is is like, you know, Terran tactical elite every time, and yeah. it's like, I feel like that's what they did with the James Bond movies, where they just turned it into something that looks like every other movie, and then at some point it's like I'm James Bond, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I'm watching a James Bond movie. Like, I don't disagree with you. It doesn't have that like, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I the difference too is that Daniel Craig is the first James Bond who, like, gets his butt kicked in films. Like, James Bond never got touched. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. when he was, like, like Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan. Like, Pierce Brosnan, they were kind of leaning towards starting to get his butt kicked. Yeah. But, like... And that's what I mean. It's reflective on, like, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Casino Royale to me is the best Bond film. Like to me personally, I think it's the best. And then Quantum I think it's Asylum a good came out. I think it's like trash. a good. I think it's a good like movie for sure. I just but like oh, yeah. for me, it feels like a whole different James Bond. Oh, it to- oh it universe. Totally is. Like it's it, not. It totally it, is. It's like they need to go back to like, and I bet it would be hugely popular because they did that to death. I think, and they've done it for like a longer period at this point. It seems like than anyone else right just the way that they spaced out these films yeah i mean it's i mean it's been been around for a a long time i just don't even with the new ones i mean i'm i'm i am excited to see the new film that comes out this year but i mean i've been wildly disappointed inspector quantum i mean skyfall was good um but it's almost like they're running out of bond material kind of you know what i mean like like I feel like Bond can, you know, we can start doing reboots. Like, well, why not I go mean, back go to the eighties? Called Octopussy in twenty twenty one, but you but, know, well, but like you watch Moonraker, and they mm-hmm. steal a damn space shuttle off of a seven forty seven midair. It's like that's not how it works. But guess what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be like, like the villain has to, and that's what like was so dope about Casino Royale. What was so dope, even with Skyfall, like the villain, the the plots have to be diabolical. Right, like that's what also makes them so good. It's like, even like when Kingsman came out, Kingsman was Yo, super cheesy. I like that. Kingsman though. was also super entertaining. Kingsman you know had that work, man. That's what I'm saying. Kingsman was lit. Uh, the second one was good, and then you know, there's the new, the prequel is coming out this year. It was delayed from last year, uh, the Kingsman, and it's like they're they're not afraid to go over the top, and it and it totally worked. So I I don't even think Bond would have an issue going going through that. But they went so serious, you know what I mean? Uh, starting with Casino Royale, that it would be a whole nother change of direction to kind of go back to kind of what we were used to growing up watching. Because yeah. Pierce Brosnan's—that's my James Bond. About Pierce Brosnan, it was you know, uh, die another day and uh, dude, you know all them. Come on, I mean those were great. Goldeneye, get Holly out of Berry, here. you know what I mean, dude. Holly Berry, respect. So. I'm, you know, that, that's just my two cents about that. My dad and I are big Bond fans. We talk about Bond all the time. So you know. My dad and I are big Halle Berry fans. Yeah, yeah. You know what's kind of funny? <laughs> and, and I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys don't have to elaborate on it. But just think of the irony of it, like, in our current situation. So I think Tomorrow Never Dies, the one with Halle Berry, I'm pretty sure that was the one where the media tycoon, um, like, priest, they didn't know the word was social media yet, but he was, like, some newspaper owner that, like, you know, invented some satellite social media and, like, was able to destroy the world. Isn't that kind of, like, funny given the current circumstances with, like, how big and, like, powerful any of these media companies and, like, you know, newspaper... Like, it's like, well, maybe they weren't. Maybe if they they keep going, maybe they will get a satellite that could fry us out of orbit and shoot my ass. I'm looking at it. I I just searched it, so... Yeah, he wants his new empire to reach every country on the globe, but the Chinese government will not allow him to broadcast. You know, Carver doesn't. Thank take you, no China, for an of course, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it says, doesn't take no for an answer. And then he uses media empire to fuel flames of war between the Western world and China. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Weird. And I, I don't know what. I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. think about that just now, but it was like, huh, what year was that movie? 97? No. 97. Was it really? Mm. Hmm. Oh, Ian Fleming. Wow. Well, that didn't take long. No, no. 
Didn't take really long done. at all. Well, maybe she, maybe she go back and rewatch some of these old. Uh, yeah, no, I got to go back now. <laughs> might be some more diabolical plots we got to cover. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't be taking diabolical plans from <laughs> films and ad- trying to adapt them in real life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some, some yeah, kid that was like in, in high school at that point was like, huh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that could work. That's about right. Yeah, he's of age. Yeah, he's in Silicon Valley as we speak. He's he's Uh finding this podcast to delete it. Uh huh. That's funny, man. Yeah, we're all gonna. And they said, they said it couldn't be done. Yep, yep. That's too ironic. Um, you know, this year there's a lot of great. I sent Daryl a link. Like I, you know, we're kind of talking about you know cheesy action. Mortal Kombat. The game has a special place in my heart. The just the the lore of it, um, but like that was a movie I saw with with Waterworld and the double feature at a drive-in when I was like six years old, and it just Word. stuck in my you know. So like I have a, a a really irrational love for that movie, and even though I know it's terrible, you know, and they're they're finally making a reboot of it again with like proper effort. It seems like with in, yeah. in good intention, yeah. and it's coming out like on HBO Max in a couple months, in like April. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Looks good. I just saw. I, I I wish that they, I wish that they dropped a teaser. It's coming uh, because the movie comes out in April, so I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, soon. yeah. But still, I mean, don't don't just drop the photos. Like, let me see. Let me see. Well, some no, action. dude, like, they did have a uh, whatever that video was that came uh, out. Oh, the for, supercut. It was a supercut. There's like two seconds of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of it's it. showing uh, Sub Zero with pulling out the yeah and the Jax. ice blade. Yeah, the ice sword. Well, and yeah. the, I like the way that they made Jax look like it looks pretty legit everybody everything looks legit and like i'm not looking for realism i'm not looking for christopher nolan when i watch mortal Kombat. okay folks i want i want a ninja that controls ice okay and a ten thousand year old monk that controls electricity yeah and a, and a guy well, guy that turns into a dragon with a sweet mullet that like i'm not yeah, i'm mean, not looking for anything other than that well if you think about the original live action film that came out when we were kids that I mean, was huge though when it came out that was pretty great I mean look even like you know obviously production value it's not not gonna be what we're gonna get today you know what I mean but I, I still thought I mean looking back I just recently watched some clip of it oh, I got uh, it on blu-ray it. It's I mean not bad. It, yeah, it's still amazing like it's still am- an amazing now combat annihilation the whole different story. Uh, still yeah. love it. Still love it. Yeah. But that was like, whoa! This was intentional. This was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, is, I, this is like, yeah, like you said, I still love it. Yeah. You know I mean, we grew up in the era of Mortal Kombat stand-up arcade games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Mortal Kombat One, Mortal Kombat Two. So for us, it's like seeing that on the big screen. Oh, yeah. To this day, is still gonna be the it's best. Be great. You got you that. Know? You got John Wick Four coming out. Which oh, yeah. I, Matrix, I don't even need Matrix Four coming well, out. Well, yeah, and they're just calling it Matrix, which is interesting. And it's like uh, I, I, the I just word feel is like it's something that doesn't need to be redone. Like, well, like I feel, are they? I is really it a reboot like or is it a continuation? I don't. I don't. I guess it has to be a continuation because Keanu Reeves is in it. So it's like, I, mean, I, I de- well, they definitely did not end it well. And no, you can I mean, see to me, the, the the second movie was is probably my favorite. The first is they could have ended it after the second one and just totally. Like totally. they should have just made a really long second movie, but the, the I think the studio was like, no, we gotta milk the shit out of this because we got them under contract. But you also yeah. have to like they also force you not force you. Well, yeah, they kind of did force you to watch the Animatrix 
you know, which was the anime it was awesome. uh, yeah. show that they that they created to go along with the movies. Do you remember the trilogy. game uh, Enter the Matrix? Do you remember oh, that? And Enter the Matrix was was amazing. Yeah, you know, amazing game. But but it was like if you didn't know about the Animatrix, then you didn't really get the full scope. I mean, the Animatrix Animatrix filled in a lot of the holes that were left by the trilogy. You know, understanding how the world became the way that it was, what happened, what was happening, what happened afterwards, you know, uh, how did we get to this point? And a lot of the Animatrix talks about what's happening right now in 2021 as well. You know, it's actually a very timely, uh, you know, um, animated series for someone to watch today, let alone when it came out, uh, I guess it was the early 2000s because it came out after the first film, which came out in 99. Um, you know, so I wish that there was more depth in a way to the trilogy. Still love the trilogy. Still yeah. Probably one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time. Uh, first move, first R-rated movie I saw in theaters, you know what I mean? As an eight year old was the first <laughs> Matrix. So my dad was like, we're going. We gotta like, go. Right. Yeah. He's like, I was like, all right, we're going. And, and I was just, <laughs> you know, I think that was the first time I saw a titty, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I remember, great. I remember my, my older brother went and saw it. And it, it was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. And then, of course, I just waited. This And, again, this is what you used to have to do to some of our younger listeners here in the Everyman podcast. I had to wait until the film came out, you know, on VHS, and then we could rent it. And then yep. at a sleepover, we'd watch it, and we were like, ah! You know, but it was like 14 <laughs> months later, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just it- – Seeing it for the first time. Oh, that's incredible. The, the kung fu. Oh, my God. The action. You know, stuff. The wire hit, action. You know, the the iconic scenes, you know, the red pill and the blue pill. That was one of the first DVDs I got. I watched know. that a million times. Oh, yeah. That and Commando. Just, Commando was, was, was pretty tough as I used well. To, I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. I sound like a crazy person. I used to put it on every day after school and just sit there and watch Commando. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound too out of the... You know, I would do other of, things. I'd be playing with, I'd be, you know, playing with Transformers or whatever. But I just loved that movie for some reason. But I feel like we all had a movie or a couple of movies. Like for me, it was like Small Soldiers. I used to watch Small Soldiers a lot. That still um, that still holds up. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Small yeah. Soldiers still holds up pretty well. You know. But I mean, but movies back then, I think, I think also because you know, without social media. There was still the big hype of going to the, the theater, yeah. the marketing, See, that's the trailers. That's what we're know. losing. Is it takes like, away from the pageantry. It really everything does. Is, everything's like this. I understand that. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a part of it or part of the problem. Yeah, but I think it's going to ebb and flow. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a market for like, I mean, dude, whether it's uh, automobiles, leather chairs, you know, LED lighting, in this uh, economy, in this country at least, there's a market for like the highest end of highest end experience for whatever crazy shit you're into, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think you're starting to see that with the, like I said earlier, the, the barrier of entry to filmmaking plus people now out of work or, you know, maybe have more time on their hands and then, Mm -hmm. you know, ah, you know what, why don't we just try it like this? And, and then you're going to have new, you know, uh, stuff that you didn't even think was going to happen because all of the different components that we're dealing with right now that we've never had before. And you're going to have maybe instead of a big, you know, maybe you don't pack 500 to a thousand people. I've been in movie theaters, dude, like midnight at, you know, AMC for Batman, you know, there's 1200 people in there. Yeah. That shit's probably over. 
for good. Uh, I, I just don't see it. You know, I, I don't know. But there might be some, like, club atmosphere where there's, like, I don't know, you 36 people and you pay 100 bucks and you get dinner and drinks and it's, like, a long night thing. And maybe you see a new movie and then there's, like, a, I don't know, Back to the Future afterwards or something. But, like, people are going to figure out how to make it an experience and then it'll be okay. Yeah, I think traditional movie going is is not going to be the same. And especially with the way that HBO, Warner Media, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, Paramount is now coming out with Paramount Plus, which is owned by Viacom. So, like, CBS All Access is also now Paramount Plus, which is super confusing. But then you have, like, you know, uh, the... You have the movie, the movie theater companies who are basically struggling for air and these uh distribution companies are like sorry but streaming is everybody you know what what do you want us and i don't really blame these distribution companies for going the route that they're going i mean movies obviously are still being made tons of content is out there everybody wants access to content without having to go to a you know to a public space like a movie theater you know so well and i think the other thing is like these movie theaters invested heavily in being the only show in town. And it's kind of like, what do you expect them to do? Not take more of the profit and do it easier and have low overhead. Like, but I think from the theater's perspective, they look at it and they're like, well, we've been paying these out. I'm sure they're exorbitant, you know, licensing fees to just play, you know, independence day two or, you know, whatever Hollywood film, you know, um, that's got to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And then they recuperate that by selling tickets to view it. That's a ticket to the license to watch it and then buying your Coke and your gummy bears or whatever. That's how they make their money. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, yep, yeah, we're going there. But they're, but they're like, wait a minute. You said it was worth $500 million a year, you know? And that's understandable. Um, so. But it's also, you know, going through this pandemic made a lot of people realize that if you were not ready to make the adjustment with the way things are going, then, you know, the, the, what I think the pandemic really did was accelerated what was already coming. You know what I mean? For media uh, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For entertainment and for yeah. media. I mean, even for my line of work, I was working, you know, remotely with my home studio long before the pandemic. There was a lot of voice actors who weren't, who were still going in the studio, especially if, if you lived in Los Angeles, you could throw a, you could throw a stone and hit a studio. So, you know, they didn't really need one, but mm-hmm. with the pandemic, every, I mean, everybody needed one. You, you know, companies wouldn't work with you if you didn't have a home studio, if it didn't sound good. And if you didn't have the remote recording capabilities to work with them. Um, so for a lot of voice actors, it was a huge scramble uh, to be able to start working remotely. Same thing with a lot of just businesses. You know, the businesses that adapted are the ones that are still around, you know. Um, and and, and I, it's unfortunate because obviously a lot of people lost business and, you know, I, th- I it's, it's horrible. But it's just uh, unfortunately the way that it is. And the movie theater was not immune to a lot of the changes that we were seeing. And with the ability to just watch everything right in the comfort of your living room, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, they're not going to not want to, get all that profit you know they're, they're gonna want to recoup as much money on those films as possible and if they don't have to go through this middleman anymore why not um so think about this think about this for a second think about how we're, we're talking about 
the distribution companies, right? And they so big ticket Hollywood movie companies, movie theaters try to sell you an experience to get you together, right? That's what it was. It was the experience that brings you together, big blockbuster, you got all these crazy surround sound seats that rumble and jiggle and all that shit. And now distribution companies say, you know what? Let's sell you the experience that keeps you apart from everybody. Yeah. Right. So 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 now the so now the reset button is gonna have be for these you know movie theaters or whatever to to get it back. Okay. Press the reset button. How do we sell the big ticket item? How do we sell that big movie experience, but still keep keep everybody se- separate? And brother Jay, we talked about this like two or three weeks ago. Fucking drive-in movie theaters, man. Yeah, I guarantee it's going to restart, man. They're, they're going to come back. I want them to that's come what back. I mean. I'll go like, pay because you know what? Me and my buddies, you know, my fiance will we'll load up the Jeep and we'll go hang out somewhere for eight hours and watch four stupid movies because we'll just be hanging out, you know. And it's like you, with your friends, but they've just got to, like you said, adapt and, and adjust. Yeah, and there's actually a drive-in. Not too far from where I live here in New Jersey. Delcy driving all summer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you been there? And uh, I have, uh, not not before last year, uh, or no, before last year, but not last year. Tried to get tickets to go last year, but it was sold out basically all summer. Uh, anytime we tried to get tickets, couldn't get them. Um, and they, you know they were showing new newer films, um, you know, which is part of the draw. I also think that people still want the movie experience like yeah definitely the, the theater experience like i know i do i miss going to the movies um you know i grew up i'm an only child so for me you know when i was younger I, you know our thing was on the weekends we'd go to the movies that was our that was our thing i'd hang yep. out with my folks we'd go get dinner we'd go to the movies that was our thing and i miss going actually going to the theater sitting down getting my popcorn getting my soda mm-hmm. Get my, you know, chocolate covered almonds if they even have it. So, you know, but that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's that experience oh, yeah. of the movies, you know, the movie, the sound, the, the big picture, you know, and yeah, it's nice to be able to watch stuff in the comfort of your own home, but there ain't nothing like watching something on the silver screen. You know, well, just, there just isn't. I think also the thing, you know, not to throw stones because I, I enjoy pro wrestling, but there's this perspective that the quality, I think, across the board in Hollywood is only is not what it used to be and you can get as good and in most cases now better at home Hulu Amazon whatever Netflix and uh, I think they got to get that magic back into theaters with the starting with the films like the films have to be what they you know oh my god dude you go see Gladiator you know he chops this dude's head off with two swords oh I gotta go see Gladiator now you know like there was that like that was a thing that it's just not going to happen anymore. Well, I think that was what Tenet was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be the blockbuster to kind of solidify the cinematic stamp on the importance of theater, uh, watching movies in the theater. And I think that this is a good segue to get into Tenet because I know you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. What, what is it? Because I, I got to get I gotta get on it. It's on my queue up there. It's... Yeah, uh, man. It's a film about time. Ah. Not in the sense of interstellar time, but in the sense of like time being not something that you go through, but maybe something that you come from. 
that make any sense. Mm. I, gotta, I should watch this one at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You got me. That makes that makes me think I, if you're saying I should watch it, I'll check it out. Hey, I'm a storyteller. You know, yeah. my job is to tease. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you tease the story, uh, <laughs> bury the lead. I love it. It, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> it, it is one of those films where you're probably going to have to watch it twice. Well, it took me uh, many watches of what was it, uh, Inception. Yeah. Before I figured yeah, out, like, oh, I got it. I was it. just about to say, is Inception it. is it kind of like that? Kind of like Inception, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inception elements. Yeah. It's it's got a. Uh, there's a lot going on. I, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot going on. But the concept is really interesting. It's a very interesting concept. I would say it's kind of like a... It, like I said, it deals with time. Like, Interstellar dealt with time. Interstellar is one of my favorite flicks. Big Christopher Nolan fan. Memento. Oh, Star yeah. Island. Love Memento. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't even know about yeah, Memento. Memento first is... Film. Memento is a special movie. Um, you know, obviously Shutter Island... Inception, The Dark Knight, it's amazing. I was just watching it the other day. Um, and I, honestly, I'd love Christopher Nolan to do a Bond film just to see how it turns out. May not be perfect, but I'd be happy. I wish he would have done um, one more Batman movie. I don't blame. It's not Ben Affleck's fault, by the way, because I like Ben Affleck as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I thought he was fine. It's not him. Again, yeah, the was problem fine. was, don't show me all this badass shit of Batman beating up criminals, and then that be it. Because you don't have to. Yeah, but like, I want to see Batman, to. but I do want to see Batman beat up criminals. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, in tra- in a trailer for a Batman movie. You right. don't need to show me that much. Like I, You know what I'm know. talking about. You remember that? Oh, yeah. With yeah, the yeah, warehouse yeah. fight, they get to show you yeah, the whole thing. Oh. Now, the warehouse fight was pretty sick. Like, I thought that the warehouse fight was pretty sick. It the was. The was awesome. But I wanted, like, three more of those. But the thing that bothers me just about the DC films in general is that there seems to be a lack of diabolical villainous. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That one storytelling. They're afraid to lot. get too dark. Everyone's afraid. I'm cool with it, man. But we're like, okay because we're adults. And the problem is we are enjoying content that is largely marketed to children. And they're the ones buying it two to one. You know, they're but the I ones that are going to Disneyland that, pre-COVID. But, but take the Justice League animated series. They, even like Young Justice, they dive into some topics that are, are very, they're very mature. They're a lot of mature topics, a lot of mature situations. I'm like, you guys could give us this in films. But the thing that I always loved about the Justice League over like Marvel, because I, growing up, I really didn't, I really wasn't into Marvel like that. I was into the Justice League, all, like all my childhood. The villains were always from another world, always from another planet. They were always OP, so it took some crazy miracle for them to be destroyed, you know? You want to see the the good guys struggle. Like, you right. don't want it to be a cakewalk. Like, yeah, Superman is obviously OP of OP. Wonder Woman's really OP, and... Don't get me started on Wonder Woman 1984. I don't know if you guys saw it. I, I, I watched it. it. I felt like they could have made it again. With good dad in it. Again. Me too. I just, too. I, I just <laughs> think, man, maybe give me 25% more Wonder Woman on screen. I know that's a crazy idea, but I thought this was a goddamn Wonder Woman movie. And there she's was no like, action. There's nothing in it. No action. What is going None. on here? The fight, the, the mall and the, I, I the, cha- the car scene. Okay, I've seen this in five Fast and Furious movies. But dude, yeah, they look. If these if these individuals 
mishandle the momentum of Joker, they truly do not deserve to hold the license. In my opinion, yeah. that's my hot take. Yeah. Because yeah, like, Joker how do you was... fuck this up going forward? You know, like just make a rated R Batman movie with him and let Todd Phillips do it. Like get the Frank Miller stuff. Let's go dark as shit. You know, they're talking about bringing Michael Keaton back as the old Batman. Like he's he signed on to do two new Batman movies because they're doing the multiverse. Like there's mm-hmm. hope that they could kind of fix it. But I, I, I mean, based off of the trailers, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Robert Pattinson Batman film. Yeah, we'll Dr. see when that Dr. comes Riddler. out. Yeah. yeah, dude, they're coming out yeah. with a Riddler Mountain Dew. That's pretty dope. Yeah, market I'll be that joint. joint. Sucking that down. Yeah, I mean, but the way that like, and my thing is like, let's let's not forget, Batman is a literal ninja, trained by the, the assassins from the League of Shadows, Ra's al Ghul's right hand man. Shoot, he was banging his daughter. Like the man is a, a stone cold killer when it comes to action. You can't not give me ridiculous hand-to-hand combat with Batman. Like Savage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need it. I, I yeah. gotta see it. Yeah, I gotta see it. Because Batman doesn't have superpowers. But his superpower is the fact that he's a the, the most richest, most most deadliest ninja on the planet with all the resources at his fingertips. You know what I mean? So you gotta play on that. Like I'll tell you, I don't know how you can go wrong with that, man. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, know. and I'll tell you what, I think that's a perfect way. This has been a great conversation about movies, about life, about everything that's going on. Batman. EJ, what's the best way to keep up? Because obviously, you know, we know you're going to be back on here for part three. We got so much to talk about. Maybe even a watch along <laughs> one of these days. We didn't even talk about yeah, Jamie Vendera. Watch along. That'd yeah. be sick. A watch along would no, be I'm, sick. I'm, Hell yeah, dude. We, we've been no, wanting I, to do I one. Watch. Oh, no, I'm, I'm all for it. I, guys, I watch all different types of TV shows. I'm currently watching The Expanse. Uh, I don't know who you guys have heard I hear of that's that. great. It's a sci-fi yeah. film. Um, I'm on season. I mean, I've, I've been watching it, but season five recently dropped, so I'm catching up on that. Um, you know, I'm watching. I, I'm, I'm in the process of finishing Young Justice. I'm on season three of that. So I still watch a lot of animated shows. DC, I just watched Castlevania, super lit. Dude, Ooh, I got to check that right? out. It's sick, right? Uh, oh, Castlevania. Have you watched so the Godzilla sick. one? No, not yet. Not yet. Um, I got to watch. Oh, what did I watch? Did you see that there? Um, the, the Godzilla? Which, uh, this it's is, on Netflix. Uh, there's, there's two of them. Is that the... Hold on. There's, is that the one where... Um, the Shin Godzilla one? Is that the one you're talking about? I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't watched either of them yet. Okay. I didn't want to invent. I didn't know. I have to look into that. I have to look into that. If you haven't um, seen the Mortal Kombat one, where, where I saw, I saw the shit. Oh, the Mortal Kombat God. one was ridiculous, Wait, bro. Wait, is this like fairly new? Fairly new? Get on it now. I feel like, yeah. It like came out last to... year. It was like Mortal Kombat Bruh. Scorpion Legend or something like that. Word. It like, Say it, no more. It like retells, it retells kind of the story from Scorpion's perspective. And it's, oh, I'm about it. Dude, it's amazing. I remember I sent it there. I was like, dude, I need to watch more anime like this. And you're like, brother. <laughs> That's the most violent anime I've ever seen in my damn life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Honestly, like people, you know, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine about the Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like swimming in Star Wars right now. Everything, you know, Mandalorian, I'm all about it. You know, Clone Wars, I was watching Rebels, like just listening, like doing, like listening to podcasts about the lore and, you know, like Darth Sidious, all that type of stuff. And I'm talking to him about, like, Clone Wars. Man, I binge-watched the Clone Wars. And I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Not even, oh, not great. even talking about live action or, like, Game of Thrones is one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. 
I'm like, Cloverfield is up there. My like, fiance is trying to get me to watch that five. again and give it another try. What Game of Thrones? Yeah. Bro, Red Witch with the necklace on, of course. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Jay. Like with Game of Thrones, because also I'm I'm big in the, I'm real big in the Game of Thrones. Like, once the source material went away, the show struggled because the writers they they're really not good writers. I'll put it that way. They didn't Dave have the voice. Dan were just not good. You know. George R.R. R. Martin wrote enough content for there to have been 13 seasons with 10 episodes apiece. That's how much content there was. And they ended up, you know. They fucked the ending. Yeah. They, they I mean, burned through it. it. It really was. It really was. Like, the ending was Raw. terrible. Like, it was terrible. Fuck but I understand the hesitation to dive in. I don't know how far you've gotten on the show, whether you finished it or like not. Like, 20 minutes into the first episode. So, hard, oh hardly Bro, hold on, first, hold on. Five seasons. <laughs> hold on. Unbelievable, dog. All right. Unbelievable. All right. Writing. Listen. The deception. I've put it on the record. The end, I'm going to find out if she's the, really paying attention on this podcast. I'll watch, I'll watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> a lot of incest, a lot of sex. <laughs> Incestuous. But the thing about Game of Thrones that makes it, in my opinion, so special, it's the amount of characters that are in the show and, and like, how much attention to detail there is to each character. Like... It doesn't make sense how there's that many characters, and they can all work. Like, it's not too much. It makes sense. Including that, the baby dragons. Oh, man. Like, everything. Everything. The whole storyline, first five seasons, is, I think it's the, seasons one through five, it's the best show ever. Like, I think and then I'll the just read, I'll ever. just read the Wikipedia for the rest of the show then, after yeah, that. You, yeah, or just do the audiobook. Speaking <laughs> of which, real quick, I, I gotta ask you this question. So, Mandalorian, I'm, I, you, you watched it all, right? You talking to me? Yes, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoiler okay. alert. I just I just need to know what did you think when about when that man came back? You can say so it. I said spoiler alert. I was gonna say Okay, we get we're okay. What do you think about when Luke came back? What would like that last episode? Come on, man. I thought that Come on. Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who are the EPs and, and, and Dave Filoni and uh John Favreau is the writer of the show. I think that when the last episode of the season came out. They basically looked us fans in our eyes and said, we love you. We're going to take care of you. Yep. And this is what we brought you. The, 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 uh, the universe is in our hands. Mm -hmm. We got it. Yeah. That's Hell basically yeah. what they told me. We're sorry. Watching yeah. the last episode of the season. Yeah. We're so sorry. Dude, <laughs> we're like, so sorry we dragged you out of your homes over yeah, nine years to kill all of your childhood favorites bro. for Luke no purpose in his prime because we never really we saw never saw it like that. we and, never and, saw it and, and, and a lot of people don't realize that that scene and i don't know if it was intentional I, I feel like it would be but it basically lines up almost scene for scene with the darth vader scene at the end of rogue one yeah 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 uh, when he was He's coming like, and just destroying people um, you know, just, just, just awesome. Like it, it, it made me realize that like Disney is, is going all in. Well, they're listening. The production value. Yes, yes, yes. And as a fan, it's like, that's all we want. Cause I'll tell you what, what we want. And, you know and, what I mean? and like I, like I started out this conversation this time last year, my fiance and I, we were in Disneyland. We spent a lot of money in the star Wars land. And you know why? Yeah. It wasn't because of Kylo Ren and whatever, you know. 
it was because I wanted the goddamn nostalgia. I wanted to go yeah. build my lightsaber and make it like yeah. red, like Darth Vader. And I wanted to see the Millennium Falcon. Nobody was there for that. And I think stuff like that, money talks, and they listen. And I'm, you know, yeah. And, we'll and, see what and happens. they are giving us what ten shows: Ahsoka, Bad Batch, Obi Wan. Right. And I'm yep. fine with you pretending know. those movies just. I don't have to ever go back and watch them. You know, they can yeah. exist. And uh, yeah. now I know uh, how they all die. Yeah, oh, well, it is going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, but I will say, you know, if, if for, for those of you out there listening, if you are big into Star Wars and you haven't seen the Clone Wars mm. and you're hesitant because it's animated, watch that show. Agreed. I'm yeah. begging you. Agreed. Yeah. You, it, it fills so many holes from the prequels. You learn about Anakin, who Anakin really is, Obi-Wan, what Qui-Gon Jinn meant to both of them, the difference between what Anakin meant to Obi-Wan versus what mm -hmm. Anakin meant to Qui-Gon Jinn. You know, Obi-Wan was like Anakin's brother, and there's almost a problem with that because when you're someone's brother, you're, you're more willing to let them get away with stuff than if it was their, like their father, who Qui-Gon Jinn kind of looked at Anakin that way. You know what I'm saying? So like, But you don't understand that, that, that subtext, that context, Yep. Until you go dive deep into the Clone Wars. And you said you're too old. Check that out. Yeah. Too old? That's yeah. why. That's why. It's the subtext. I mean, you're never too, never too old, man. Like, I don't want to grow up. Like, I'm getting older, right, as, you know, as an adult. But, I mean, I still, I'm still watching cartoons. I don't, I don't care. No, like, nothing wrong with a good cartoon. Give me a good cartoon. Yeah, EJ, give bro. Me a good, what's good animation, man. You know, what's the best way for everybody to keep up with you and what you're doing? Yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram, Enrique J Media. Um, I post my my voiceover stuff on there. Um, I'm not huge into Twitter. Uh, I'd just rather go on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, if you want to listen to the uh, superhero stories, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's superhero stories with EJ. Can't miss it. It's a picture of Batman. Um, so that can't wait that's going to no. be in the show notes and as is tradition as the official voice of the everyman ej why don't you sign us off today brother oh word 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 um you're listening to the cosmic canoe with dc justin vigil and your boy ej